Hey everyone, hope you are having a great Labor Day weekend. If you're listening to this, then that means you want to hear what we thought about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I promise we'll jump into that shortly. First, we wanted to let you know about several important updates. At the top of this episode, you're going to hear a new voice who will be a permanent presence on the Flyover Film team moving forward. I'll let him introduce himself, but it's enough to say right now that Eric, Olivia, and I are really excited to have him on board. Starting in October, he will be taking over production duties and even assisting us launch our YouTube channel, which will be called Flyover After Dark on October 9th with our reaction episode of John Carpenter's classic 1978 film, Halloween. It starts our Frighttoberfest film series. We're also going to be doing a podcast on that, which also drops on October 9th. The YouTube channel will have full movie commentaries and reactions, as well as each of our podcast episodes, if you prefer to watch podcasts instead of listen to them. We've had a wonderful time working with Ready, Set, Podcast. And honestly, Olivia and I wouldn't have started this at all if it wasn't for them. It's a strategic move for us that will allow us some more flexibility and creativity with trying out new concepts and shortening timelines for podcast uploads. Everything will sound pretty much the same, except we hope better and hopefully even more content. Also, Eric is going to be taking a short sabbatical starting in October. Nothing permanent. In fact, I'll let him update you on that as well. We really appreciate every single one of you who fires up one of our episodes. and We promise there's a lot more fun in store in the coming months. That's enough from me. Let's meet our full-time producer and discuss Marvel's 25th cinematic film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You read that script so well, Isaac. Thank you. Thank that you. was amazing. I don't know you had something pre-written. Oh, yeah. No, I always always do it. Do so it ahead of time. Off the dome, baby. Love it. Okay. Yeah. What's up? Uh, my name I'm is- actually going to introduce you right now, and then you're going to tell you're going to tell the story of how uh, you were almost arrested right before we saw Shang-Chi on Thursday night. This is Walter Lyle. He is our new producer and also not a film snob. In fact, he doesn't even really like movies. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and uh, talk about how he came to be on our team. Yeah. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I love <laughs> <laughs> It was just so business-like. Like, we weren't already friends before this podcast. Like, we met today. That's how you read that just now. Well, we are friends, though. I know. But I'm saying what, the way you read it made it feel like that you didn't know me at all. And I We have a action. new producer. He is really great. <laughs> Whoa, Walter, you almost got arrested before Sean Chi. Wow. Anyway, yeah. you got to no. tell the story. You and I all were right. at Zaza. Yeah, Hanging yeah, yeah. out, talking pod, talking movie. Yeah, so... Uh, first of all, my name is Walter. What's up? Um, uh, that's all I want to say right now about me. I assume in the coming episodes, people will get to know me more. So I'll let my, I'll let myself be an enigma until then. Um, yeah. So, so Isaac and I had gotten dinner on Thursday before we went to go see Shang-Chi with a bunch of friends. And, uh, the movie was at eight. I think I left, we left the restaurant at like 7.30. 7.30, cause I yeah. went to go pick up Jess. Yeah. And I'm getting all these texts. I like feel my phone vibrating and I don't check it. And then lo and behold, I'm a, we're right. about to walk out the door, Jess and I, and I'm like, up. what? So here's what happened. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> I also wish like this story is so much better if you can see what Walter looks like. So I hope people go and watch the uh, yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. channel because be it'll be even funnier. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, also, Eric and Olivia are also 
on this podcast, but they don't know this story. So they're just yeah, observing. Yeah. This is the first time hearing this for them. So, uh, so yeah, we left the restaurant at seven 30 and I was going straight to the movie theater. I had our, we'd already pre-bought our tickets like online. Like I was going to go straight into the theater and see it. And so driving very casually, I'm a very safe driver. I'm an old man driver. Okay. Like I, I very safe on the road. So, I am all I can see the movie theater. Like there's a turn into a gas station and then the turn right after that is into the movie theater. So I'm almost there. Coming off of a red light, I see those godforsaken flashing blue lights behind me. And I was like, and you do that immediate like like you just like for some reason just like touching your whole body. You start of, sweating. Like, you did wrong. Yeah. You get like, a pit wait, in my like, stomach. Yeah. Like, did I like I wasn't speeding? Like I, I have no idea what it is. So I pull over into the the gas station parking lot after cussing a lot to myself out loud. And we were seeing it in driveway. So, or not in driveway in, we were seeing it in Conway. So Olivia and Eric, yeah. y'all know like exactly which gas station he's talking about. It's a shell gas station right on that road. And so, uh, so I, I pull in, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I have no idea what I did. Cop comes up to my window, uh, wearing a bulletproof vest because I guess I look super intimidating. They, if you they all do. but. <laughs> okay this but is me i was like this is what walter try to harm you um walter literally looks like peter parker <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like before he got spider powers like this I'm, I'm, I'm the before picture of peter parker so he comes up to my window. peter b parker yeah 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 <laughs> comes up to the window and he's like uh he goes how's it going tonight and i was like well i was doing well uh until right until this moment and he was like uh, and I was like, so what did, What happened? What did I do wrong? He goes, I ran your plate and it came back fictitious. And I was like, I don't know what, like, do you think it's an illusion? Because like, you can touch it with your hand and it's real. My license plate is very real and solid. And uh, and he goes, no, I, I ran it and it came back as a Ford Escape, which for reference, I drive a 2011 Honda Pilot that I bought about a year ago here in Conway. Um, and I traded in my old Ford Escape. When I bought this vehicle, this is my first time buying my own car. The guy at the the guy who sold me the car, he was like, "Oh, and as a courtesy to you, we'll just transfer your old license plate to your new car." And I was like, "Wow, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much." Having so no, no idea that yeah, no hassle. It's great. Yeah. And uh, so I bought this car. It is right now. It is September. I bought this car last September. I have been driving this vehicle for a year and didn't know that it was not registered under my name. So, <laughs> so that's what we we're trying to figure out. So like, he was like, can I see your license and registration? And I was like, I guess so. So I hand him my license. I get the registration out and he looks at the registration. He's like, yeah, this is for your old car. And I was like, oh, this is very good news. I really like hearing this right now. And uh, at this point, a second cop car has pulled up. So now there are two police cars for this very high profile criminal case that they're working. And so, and so that he goes back to his car and I guess like gets on that little laptop they have inside their vehicle. And Walter's texting us like, I'm going to yeah. miss this movie. I might be getting arrested. There are two police cars here now. And then, and then he was updating us and he, and he said, a third police car has just pulled yeah, up. So that, and like at one point, a third, a third police car pulls third. up. I should let it be known that I never saw the third cop. He, ne he or she never got out of the car. So anyway, so the second one, it was a, it was a woman cop and she comes up for some reason. She comes up to my, 
uh, uh, passenger side window. And I'm like, Hey, this one was already rolled down. So I don't know why you had to go over there. And so she was like, how's it going? And I'm like, not great. And she was like, she's like, so tell me what happened. And I'm like, already explain it to the other guy. Y'all two should talk more. I think you're coworkers. And so anyway, so I had to communicating. Yeah. So I had to explain the whole thing again. And she was like, and you've never been pulled over for this. And I was like, no, this takes one pullover for me to get this fixed. Like you think I would want this to happen again. And so, so (laughs) at one point, (laughs) at one point, at one point she looks at me and she goes, how old are you? <laughs> Again, please go, please go watch this video on YouTube so that you can see Walter's uh, profile. <laughs> and I was like, and I should have like, I, I have a very young face. Okay. I'm, so I told her I was like, I'm 26, but I could pass. Like if I was cast in Riverdale, I could pass as a high school student, like a sophomore. Right. So I was so almost... I almost was like, just me how old I was. And I swear, almost came out of my mouth. And I went, oh, I'm 16. Like, I just got my license. <laughs> Would not have gone well. So I didn't do that. Um, so anyway, she's like, okay. I'm, I sit there for a total of about 20 minutes. And In the interviews or the, the previews are going. And I was like, yeah. I was texting. I was like, I don't think you'll be arrested. But if you do, I'll, that sucks yeah. that you're going to miss the movie. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, but like, hey. I was like, he's not going to miss the movie. I was like, man, if I miss this movie, I already bought my ticket. These cops are going to owe me $13. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so, um, so yeah, so eventually the guy cop comes back and he was like, um, Oh, first of all, before I get to that, the lady cop comes back like two or three times. And also it might be derogatory to say lady cop, which I apologize for that. That just kind of slipped out of my mouth, but I'm going to keep referring to her as a lady cop. So the lady cop comes back and uh, asked me about something else. And I was like, at this point it was like 7:58, And so, and I, I fully recognized my white privilege when I looked her straight in the eye and said, Hey, can we speed this up? Cause I got a movie I'm watching. At <laughs> <laughs> Olivia's dying. <laughs> she, I kid you not. She was like, okay, yeah, we'll try to speed it up. And then she goes back to her car. <laughs> and so then- Walter Lyle, crim- cr- uh, wanted criminal number yeah. one. <laughs> Conway's most wanted. So she goes, so they anyway, go back to her car. The first cop finally comes back to my license and registration. After I had already assured him, I was like, hey, like, I'll go to the DMV first thing tomorrow, get this figured out or whatever. So he comes back and he, he goes, I'm going to give you a written warning tonight. And like, as long as you promise, like you'll get this taken care of like tomorrow. And I was like, absolutely. Again, why would I want to go through this process again? And so, uh, so at, but before he hands me my license and registration back, he like, he does that dad thing where he like, is about to hand you something and then pulls it back at the last second to give one final warning. <laughs> he, he does that. He goes, and then he goes, you know, I could legally impound this car right now. And I was like, okay, we get it. You don't satisfy your wife. Give me my license. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, so then the lady cop comes back to my passenger window purely just to say, hey, we're sorry we made you miss part of your movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like if she had pulled you over, she would have been like, dude, you need to go to the DMV like tomorrow. And you would have been like, okay, yeah. And like, then yep. I'll do that. And you would have been out of there in like yep. seven minutes. Yep. <laughs> But for some reason, they had have three cops on my, I'm, I'm getting worked up again talking about it. So anyway, so I rushed the movie theater since they let me go. And I only missed like two or three previews. So I actually was able to see the whole movie. So that is my epic tale 
about how I almost missed Shang-Chi and would not have been able to record. This. You you almost missed the best foreign film you've ever yeah. seen. My favorite anime now. Yeah, almost missed it. <laughs> so <laughs> that joke was a reference to uh, a tweet that it was a letterbox review that someone yes. shared in our team group. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to edit that up in the in the show on the YouTube the YouTube. Yeah. I'm excited about the YouTube, man. If you're if you listen if you usually listen to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, and you want to see what we look like and some other fun visual gags, check it out on YouTube. So anyway, Can't, yeah, podcast doesn't capture our like physical uh, comedy capabilities. So so anyway, so so can we can we call that story Walter Lyle and the legend of the almost 10 tickets there you go yeah the legend of the 10 tickets the legend of the the, the legend, the legend of, of the, cops. the 10 police cops yeah <laughs> the 10 police cop cops. cops the 10 cops <laughs> police cops hey My police bad. cops what you doing over here in these pots <laughs> forget about it so yeah anyway the movie was fantastic i really liked it but i don't want to get ahead of myself um i will let uh whoever is taking charge of the next part of the podcast I have to I have to say, and we can each share our uh, most recent pullover stories by uh, the those who protect and serve. But I got pulled over and given a ticket for not having my uh, registration signed. $125. And I was like, he's like, you have a really good ticket. I was speeding, but it was literally like a like a five hundred foot um gap between where the speed limit falls from 60 to 45 and he pulled me over and i was like you're seriously gonna pull me over like right here between this tiny in this tiny like space uh where i was trying i was slowing down he was like you were slowing down but you weren't anywhere near 45 and i was like that's so mm, okay and then he was like you have a really clean record so i'm just gonna give you a ticket for not having your registration signed and i was like you signed, are but full of who? crap by me like you have to sign it yeah, so if, you, oh. if you're listening to this, go sign your registration if you live in Arkansas. Right now, pause this podcast, go to your car, come back, hit play. If you're driving, just pull out your registration as you're driving right now, pull out a pin, sign it on your steering wheel, and keep going. Yep. That's anyway, having advice for the day. Anyway, we've talked a lot about the police driving, but... Let's get into the movie, man. Or let's get into... So, Olivia, you just moved... How did that did go? It, was it, it an all well. day yesterday thing or it, all day Saturday? It, so Saturday was my actual moving day and it didn't take very long. Uh, the longest part took the, what, like the, the thing that took the longest was us driving from my parents' house to my new apartment. Uh, we got everything like loaded in 30 minutes. And nice. so uh, it, yeah, we got that squared away pretty quickly. Nice. Um, I don't have a bed frame so my bed is on the floor like i am a 19 year old who just moved out for the first time ever we had the same thing we had the same thing for like two years of marriage so okay cool that makes me feel better great yeah uh and then my tv is currently on the floor because i i bought a tv stand yesterday but i have no i have not set it up because i do not have tools because i haven't had to need tools my entire life there you go so uh, I know lots of people who are tools, but I don't actually own tools. Yeah. There's so. no tool in this pool. <laughs> Good one, Isaac. <laughs> Good job. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, I'm just settling in, and I'm 
at my parents' house because I don't have Wi-Fi. So that's how I'm recording this at my parents' house. Wi-Fi always takes too long to set up, so. It always does. And it's always like, we'll be there anywhere between at 7 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. It's like, can you narrow that window down just a little bit? That's pretty vague. Yeah, but. and it, it might be it might be today. It might be in three months, so. Who's to say? You need Who's Wi-Fi? To Screw you. Yep. So, that's uh, going on in my life. Nice. So. Eric, you are, you've started your new job. And when do you, when's your uh, sabbatical going to start? It's going to be starting in August. I will be picking up a second job. So that'll be pretty much taking up all my October? free time in October. I think, gotcha. Is that what I said? You I said think. August. <laughs> uh, October. Um, but yeah, that's going to be pretty much taking up all my free time in the evenings. And of course with football starting up, um, I'm going to be dedicating all my weekends to that. So really happy for Walter to be joining the show. Um, Hopefully you can carry on the torch and uh, keep talking about movies from the point of view of not a movie stop like myself. Yeah. If there's one thing I've always said is that there's not enough straight white guys doing podcasts. And <laughs> Specifically about movies. Yeah. Specifically yeah, yeah, about yeah. film. Straight white guys talk about movies, not cinema. <laughs> Eric, do you, uh, do you know how long you'll be doing consulting? And uh, I will be doing that into the beginning of next year. Okay. Cool. So it might be like January, February before you're that is back right. kind of regular. Yep, that is right. And I'll be trying to join in where, where I can, but um, I'm be really laying on Walter to, to, yep. to fill in for me. So Walter, or not Walter, uh, Eric's not going to be removed from the uh, Discord or the group chat <laughs> or anything like that. We're still going to try to loop him in as best we can. So appreciate that. Yep. Let's talk Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Dang, I thought I thought I was going to go the Shang-Chi. whole episode. That's the that's the American pronunciation. You can pronounce it that. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, let's let's talk twenty fifth MCU movie. Wait, this is number twenty five. This is number twenty five, and you have probably Good seen Lord. four. Yeah, <laughs> I am not a big MCU guy. Uh, Wait, is this including it. the TV shows or just films? Just just the movies. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. I guess yeah. I, I guess I none of us really liked it, uh, but no. <laughs> um, let's let's start with Eric. Okay. What did I think? I think I, it was probably my favorite origin story since like Iron Man. Um, mm-hmm. I think what a lot of people are saying, and what I agree with, is it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie until like the third act. Um, yes. If you if you just went into it wa- wanting like a martial arts. Uh, action movie that's what you got for pretty much all the film and that's then in the third act it started to become your classic marvel formulaic um battle mm-hmm. um, to end the movie but um, there's a lot that i loved about the movie and i really enjoyed it specifically just because we finally got to see an asian superhero after like all this time first time in my lifetime and for many people's lifetimes yeah. um it felt like a long time coming so i think it's pretty awesome that we finally got to see it yeah and and to be clear this this is different than seeing like wong uh <laughs> right as as yes. uh the as the secondary to doctor right doctor usually uh as much asian representation in superhero movies has been either been like the villain or just like some stereotypical side character that doesn't really amount to anything in the main plot of things yeah or scarlett johansson 
<laughs> exactly right. our greatest asian american actor <laughs> yes that yeah joke she's never legend. gets old <laughs> yeah it's funny every time no it's i think it, <laughs> no it's great i love scarlett johansson jokes um i think simon lou is 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 uh gonna be an adi- uh, awesome addition to the the marvel cast i think he brings like this energy that ha- we really don't have in the marvel universe like someone that's like our age um that yeah. is actually our age that's that is playing a character that's going to be an avenger because every other avenger is pretty much like very old or middle-aged person or a high schooler like peter parker so i think this is well i mean like paul rudd cool is our see. age so there's that <laughs> he could the wonder. Yeah. they're they're making it they're making a very intentional effort to make the mcu younger um yeah. and i did i forgot i forget that he how old is he is he like in his 30s or is he actually i think the 20s? character is supposed to be the the character is supposed to be like in his mid-20s that's what i thought like a young adult so, Olivia's yeah. got something to say. He he. So the actual actor Simu Liu, right? Is that how you pronounce his name? I think it's Simu Liu, or I don't know. Yeah. I pronounced nothing correct. So yeah, I'm not as. He he was born in '89, so he's older than us. Yeah. But in the movie, he was born in '96. And if you take into account that it like skips ahead, because in Endgame it skips ahead, I think five years. So he technically is right around that same age. He sh- like should be as opposed to, oh. you know, like the Riverdale cast being <laughs> 40 playing. I could just Walter playing a 15 year old. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. 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 So show. He's a, he's a great, he's got a great presence. I, I, do you, do you guys feel like we didn't see as much of him the more the movie went on? Um, I kind of felt that way. Well, kind of starts off strong with like he he's in a lot of the frames, and then I feel like as the movie went on, there was a little bit more. There's more of Tony Lung, which I, I'm totally fine with. But I felt like once we got to the end, and it's like Shang Chi, I'm like, I feel like I haven't seen him as much as I expected to. I don't, Eric, you're nodding. Did you? Yeah, it became like a whole ensemble cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was very similar to like the the vein i see a lot of people comparing it to black panther um because it was more of an ensemble uh, event yeah um towards the latter half of the movie yep which i i don't have any problem with but yeah i agree you kind of don't get to see him really exercise his acting chops at all because he's just like fighting people in the last half of the movie mm-hmm. yep yeah and a lot of it's cgi it's very classic marvel with overbloated cgi in the third act of the movie um, yeah. That's what Marvel's kind of become known for since Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. And, and I think that's a good comparison, comparing it to Black Panther. And I'm thinking about other other origin stories within the MCU. And I feel like that's not really the case with most of the other origin stories. Yeah, they're all not, very focused. It doesn't become an, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, on one hand... I love the cast for both Shang-Chi and Black Panther because it's a great cast. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, but all these other guys got there, got to be the main focal point. There weren't any, we weren't distracted by whoever else was in the movie. Yeah. I will say this, like I personally, which I, first of all, I didn't even notice really that 
um, they kind of lessened uh, uh, Shang-Chi's on-screen time near the end there because the rest of the cast was just so strong. Um, mm -hmm. I had only seen Aquafina in uh, like a comedic role before, which obviously like she was the like the comic relief of this movie, but she had some scenes that were like she really showed off like her versatility as an actress. Uh, I, th I thought she was other than uh, Simu Liu, uh, Aquafina to me was one of the like the standout like cast members. She has that. She has like someone like Aquafina breaks the Marvel damsel, uh, yeah, stereotype. Yeah, because she she has this uncertainty, but she's also like they they talk about their education and how smart both of them are, mm -hmm. and then she um, you know, gets involved in combat at the end of the movie, which is yeah. but it's like not it's not perfect. She's or not realistic. Uh, she's yeah. not a superhero. She's right. not like the yeah. The Jane in Thor, where she absolutely does nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They butchered her character so bad. I think that Jane is going to be re redeemed. There's going to be some redemption arc for her character okay. in the next Thor. Yep. Yeah, she they did her dirty. Yeah. Nothing memorable about her character in the first two Thor movies. Other than they, Natalie Portman. I, I love so like Natalie Portman was on record on record saying like I'm never coming back to this I'm glad that it's over and then it's suddenly like uh, Natalie Portman signs on to Thor 4 and you're like oh, okay they're gonna make her a really big deal and like a big central character and they're giving her a fat check so say um, back to that money probably yep so they're the the line that Aquafina had to her little brother about uh, not having a license and being an inspiration was really amazing. When they were, <laughs> she's like, "You mean an inspiration like me?" And like, it's it was little scenes like that where they're all in the household. There's like little things throughout the movie that resonate with me and a lot of Asian Americans that we'd never see in big budget Hollywood movies, mm -hmm. which is why I think it it takes us takes the movie over the top for us as a viewer. Mm -hmm. um, scenes like that in the in the family. Um, seeing three generations of a family living all in one little apartment is pretty common. And there's little things like that, that the storytellers add throughout the movie that make it seem authentic. Yep. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking Eric, like, so like what, um, like, did you see, um, like any of, I mean, and, and you kind of said it a little bit, but like, what specifically did you see like of this Asian family representation that like you related to? I think uh, the main, I think the main theme for, for a lot of people is fealty and like one's the, the, the duty of a son to a father. And that's pretty much the driving, driving theme of the movie and the relationship between Shang-Chi and his dad and the, all the little things like, like when Simon just goes to visit Aquafina at her, at her apartment, it's the little thing like him taking off his shoes. That's like a big thing in Asian culture. Um, bowing the, honoring your ancestors at the altar. It's things like that. Like I've never seen that before in a big Hollywood production ever. So that's why I think it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. That's super cool, man. I think the way I think them setting up the complexity of family, um, as a central conflict with him, like just really hating his, well, like hating and loving his father um, and having someone as magnetic and handsome as uh, Tony Leung in that role as his father was genius. And it, without it, the movie doesn't work. I don't think. I think like, an, 
Because, okay, so I'll admit I went into Shang-Chi not knowing anything about Shang-Chi at all. And I have a loose knowledge of, like, Marvel, like, throughout the decades. But, um, so, yeah, so not knowing anything about it, I was like, oh, wait, like, they kind of... The way I, saw, I think, did they retcon the identity of the Mandarin into his character from whoever that was in Iron Man 2? Was it Iron Man 2? Three. Three. Three, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what they did. A new Mandarin. They pretty much just made the the Ben Kingsley Mandarin like a complete joke, like more than it was like right. in the middle of the plot of Iron Man three, uh-huh. and they pretty much just said like that character had no point in the Marvel universe, and this well, is the guy. Yeah, but wasn't everything. who there was like the real Mandarin was in that movie, right? Like it, the, Guy Pierce's character. Yes. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. I don't know if the, if he if it does anything with that character because it's been a lot years of since I've seen that. Iron Man three. A lot of people yeah. hated the way they did Mandarin in that one. Um, but I, I didn't go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And I was just going to say that, like, I, I went after I saw the movie that night, I went back and read up just like on Shang-Chi lore, like throughout the, you know, from the comic books. Um, and I could be wrong, <clears throat> but I don't think anywhere up until now has Marvel made uh, the, the Mandarin Shang-Chi's father or like really had them have any kind of relation at all. Right. I'm not sure on that. I know that uh, there's a big controversy right now with Shang-Chi and China not being released in China right now because of the origins of the Mandarin character and it tying back to Fu Manchu, how that was pretty much an incarnation of everything that is wrong with Asia. Yeah. So that's a big thing that's going on right now, but that's pretty much the only extent I know of. Yeah, Fu Manchu was like, um, wasn't it just like a conglomeration of Asian stereotypes? Like all yes, and, it, and then Marvel licensed, yeah. right? Marvel licensed that character to be used yeah. in the original Shang Chi comic, okay. which is it, pretty wild when you think about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That ties into that ties into something pretty interesting about this movie because we <laughs> we'd be disingenuous if we didn't acknowledge that Marvel and specifically Disney is, I mean, always interested in making a profit on these movies so while it's good that um it's good for representation that they made a movie of this caliber because it's like this movie is successful on on most levels um as an action movie as a superhero movie um in terms of representation they uh, you know that disney wanted china box office dollars because 20 22 percent of endgame's tickets were purchased in china yeah china's 22 percent 22 percent the yep. biggest international market outside yep. of the u.s for movies and you see that with all the hollywood big hollywood movies they just pander to chinese chinese audiences and i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens because as of like right now i believe eternals and spider-man are also being um uh, blackball in China where they're not going to be showing in China and there's a whole lot going on with the Chinese entertainment industry um, that can be its own podcast episode that I can yeah. rant about but there's that a lot be, going on with China that would China. be fun to do Let's, uh, yeah, let's do that Eric over. I would love for you to, to give your thoughts <clears throat> about that But I want to hear Olivia's thoughts on Shang-Chi because I've, I have a lot of friends that are telling me that this is the, the most badass female cast we've seen in a superhero movie in quite some time maybe i want to i want to hear what olivia has to say to you i was just going to read real quick kevin feige like he was responding to the to the china like there still isn't a release date for shang chi in china 
Um, and so he was responding to the um, concerns about Fu Manchu. And he said, Fu Manchu is not in this movie, is not Shang-Chi's father, and again, is not even a Marvel character and hasn't been for decades. So I was just going to read that real quick. Nice. Okay. Nice. All right. So my thoughts, uh, I agree with everyone. This is a pretty badass female cast. Uh, I, I, I think that we, we should start with Michelle Yeoh. Like, so she plays his aunt, right? Um, uh, Nan, I think is her name in the, in the movie. And like, so, so Eric sent, sent uh, Isaac and me this, this article from the guardian and it was an interview with Michelle Yeoh and just talking about how, she would show up to uh she was supposed to be she wanted to be a ballet dancer but because of an injury she had she ended up getting she couldn't pursue ballet so her the the director of the um ballet academy she was at was like just channel channel those skills into something else because you can do still do something and that's when she you know started to pursue martial arts and, and acting and she is phenomenal. I think most American audiences would recognize her from crazy rich Asians, uh, which also was a wildly successful movie. And then she was also in a new movie that came out on Netflix earlier this summer that I, I have yet to see, but I really want to called um, gunpowder milkshake that had Karen Gillan in it. And also just a phenomenal female cast too. But um yeah, Michelle Yeoh is is incredible. She did a she did a ton of her own stunts. I don't know if she did her own stunts in this movie because she's fifty nine, but she seems pretty spry for a fifty nine year old woman. <laughs> like, uh, so so she's. I, I think that she is uh, well deserved of all the credit she's getting, and she should get, continue to receive that credit. And then. Aquafina is in it. I think most people know her from either her YouTube channel and she was in The Farewell, which I know Isaac, Eric, and I've talked a lot about. And that really uh, demonstrates her her range, her versatility as an actor. And then she's also in um, she's also in Crazy Rich Asians and she was really good in it. Um, but yeah, I really liked her character in this. And then I don't know how to pronounce the actor who plays his sister, but she, this was her first acting credit like ever. That's yeah. That's yeah, incredible. Xiaoling. Uh, awesome. Wait, I, really? I think yes. that's how I would pronounce it. Yeah. yeah and they're setting her up to be a, uh, hopefully a reoccurring ep- or character in future yeah, stories. The, in, the ending with her, uh, uh, like basically redoing like her dad's whole fortress like yes pretty like, awesome. yes like like the queen of whatever the empire dude Ooh, because you know she still isn't like totally over uh shang abandoning her whenever she was a kid she's gonna be a complex character that i will actually probably get more invested in the mcu like just to see what she does yeah, yeah. absolutely i yeah no i i loved i loved all of the female characters in this movie and, and even even the the actor who played his mom also phenomenal. oh yeah the opening dance with her and tony lung is so yes. awesome to see i think I, I, no go, go ahead, ahead. i was gonna say apparently uh she the actor she had a hard time concentrating at first because she was just so like starstruck by tony <laughs> Lung, which is yeah. i mean who wouldn't 
I mean, you, you are like, that is a very intimate and romantic moment. And how would you not be, like, how would you be able to focus? How would you not be just swept up in, in his gorgeous eyes? Like the, yeah. the way that they were that opening dance scene with, with him and her was like, so sexy, you know? Yes. And like there, there, there's not been anything in the MCU that I was like, that is like really like be- beautiful in a sexy way. Not like, like we're trying to be horny or anything like that. It was just really right. beautiful. Like, like two people like yeah. acting and, and looking at each other and it like really falling in love. They just sold it. And I was like, this is like great. Like yeah, never seen this in the MCU. It was classic, classic like martial arts and Hong Kong style and movie directing. And I think mm-hmm. it goes a long way and I don't know if many Marvels do this when they actually don't shake the camera. They're trying to film an action scene so we yep. could actually see the actors, yeah. ex- facial expressions and everything that's going on frame wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's one thing I have to give props to is the action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, that opening dance, well, like, cause it started off as like a fight scene and then it, the way that it's, I don't know if the way it's filmed or the way it was like the choreograph, but like, the way it you can see it slowly transition from fight into dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a whoo. Yeah, give me. Yeah, it was yeah. it was awesome. Have you all seen Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon? No, but I want to now. Okay. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh, she's the one of the main characters in that and I think that's the scene or that's the movie that really I think made western audiences uh well acquainted with her. Mm-hmm. Um she's one of the main characters and she does all of her own stunts in that movie as well. And I, the, a lot of the action I read from, I think it was the writer, Derek Callahan. He threw, he, he drew a lot of inspiration from Jackie Chan movies, Bruce Lee movies. He specifically called out crouching tiger, hidden dragon. And he specifically called out Kung Fu hustle, which is one of my, probably my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. And there's one scene in uh, Shang-Chi's apartment where he has Kung Fu hustle poster on the wall and i was yes. like i was just i was just looking straight at my brother like my brother looked at me too and like dude that's kind of well that's a movie like we grew up with in our household like the characters from that from that story were like our superheroes so it's cool to see that and there's also another character uh that was in the village where shang chi's mother is from i think his character's name is i think master guangbo mm-hmm. the actor who played him is one of the most legendary actors in hong kong cinema he used to be a stunt double for bruce lee he was also in Kung Fu Hustle as the landlord's husband. Oh. He's been in a ton of Hong Kong action movies. So it was like when I saw him on screen, I was like, I was nerding out. I was like, there's no way that that he is in a Marvel movie. Like he's a legend in Hong Kong cinema. And I never thought I would ever see the day that him and Michelle Yeoh and Tony Leung are in a Marvel movie. I watched Kung Fu Hustle on Eric's recommendation. And it's, it's funny because my brother has really has loved that movie since he was like 16 or 17. One of his mm. friends showed it to him and it's, it's amazing. It's got great choreography and fight scenes, but it's also just really campy and really yes. s- silly and fun. And that's one of the reasons it's such a indelible rewatchable movie. Um, but yeah, Eric, I thought of you whenever I saw the poster. Uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I was, I was like, Oh my God, there's a Kung Fu hustle poster. And then when, when the actor showed up, fortunately he did die, but, um, when he showed up in the third act, I was like, "Holy crap! Like that? That's that's amazing. It was, it was amazing to see to see that on screen." I'm, I'm looking at his. Well, I, I searched him. Just the actor's name, Yuan Hua. Is that on? yes? Yep, that's his name. Yeah. Yep. So I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh, on his Wikipedia, go to his filmography." 
and he has a separate Wikipedia page just for his filmography where it's separated by yep. year. And like, dude, he's, he's done so much. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. It was, it was super awesome to see that. Take out someone like him with the likes of course, Tony Lung, right. who I hope a lot of people like dive in, dive into his filmography because I think a lot of people think of Tony Lung and they think of like Juan Car Wai movies, but he's done his a fair share of action movies as well. Like he's no stranger to, to the Hong Kong action genre. So that's so sick. And this was Tony Lung's first American. Yes, first Hollywood production. movie. Yes. Yeah. So Tony Tony Lung is uh the main character in Trunking Express, which our episode on that released two days ago. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. Nice. And he also uh, was in Infernal Affairs, which was the movie that uh, inspired, I guess they're using that word, inspired The Departed, or The Departed pretty much just borrowed that story and did an American remake of it. He's in it with Andy Lau, and he plays the character that Leonardo DiCaprio plays. And Infernal Affairs, a lot of people really prefer that story because it's a three-movie story, whereas The Departed just one long two-and-a-half-hour movie. But Tony okay. Lung plays Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and Andy Lau plays Matt Damon's character. Andy Lau, also another Hong Kong legend. Nice, nice, Very cool. Yeah, the uh, the I, I was telling Walter and a couple and a couple of our friends after the movie about how much the as soon as I saw in the trailer, you get to see the bus scene and get a get a preview of the bus oh, yeah. scene and how that's kind of. Yeah, that's like that's straight up an homage to um, Police Story. Yes, and Police Story is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's funny. It's got in, just mind blowing action. Michelle like, Yeoh is in action. the third yeah. Police Story. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that yeah, scene was awesome. I loved dude, it. I yeah. was. I, oh yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was nerding out. I was for sure over that one. Like pumping my fists. Like, whoo, that was good. Yeah, that was a good scene. Because it's, like it was a good point, blend of CGI and and he was you could tell he was doing everything yeah. like he was jumping around and fighting and hitting people yeah. right and I think up to that point the character of Shang Chi you're like wait does this guy know like how to fight does you 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 don't know anything about his past in that point yeah. you think he's just like yeah. a regular average Joe and then we just like bust yeah. bust out the martial arts and like okay so this we're not gonna have to go through a whole training montage yeah. of him having to learn everything so that was, that was, was pretty awesome to see because I was like. And so many Marvel movies are just about uh, uh, like zero to hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think Isaac and I talked about this after the movie, but like it, it was kind of like how when they when uh, Marvel finally got a hold of uh, the Spider Man and they brought in Tom Holland and they just skipped his whole origin story because we all knew it. It was like okay, whatever, that's fine. And this is like obviously it's a little bit different. It's not like everybody knew it because nobody did. But I, I see it almost as like when we see that that bus scene and we see him just jump into action like that, I feel like the we were put in like Aquafina's perspective or her character's perspective. Katie, that's her name, yeah. Because yep, um, like she didn't know anything about that either. And so we were just as blindsided as as she was. And so I dude, just very cool. Very, very and it's cool. blistering. Like yeah. he, he you can tell you can tell he hasn't been fighting for a for a while Mm -hmm. and then when he gets to that point where 
the bus starts going downhill and he he realizes i have to i have to stop this or like everyone's gonna die mm-hmm. and then he just starts like wailing and like throwing people out the windows and that's when it's like oh my gosh he's like he's on like he flipped the switch all the way it was so cool dude there was and there was one shot in particular where it like he's going i think from right to left like so from the front of the bus towards the back yeah. front, as he goes and the camera is just tracking it's just one solid shot tracking from right to left and i wish it had gone on longer like I wish it was it isaac it was a uh, reminiscent of that scene from the hallway scene from old boy where yep old boy is literally just in the hallway and his dude's just running at him it was very reminiscent of that yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's a great that's a brutal scene yeah. not as bloody but uh <laughs> yeah definitely definitely a pg-13 eyes but yeah, right yeah. and one other thing i, th- I really give a shout out for for the marvel and disney in this movie is uh, them getting 88 rising to do the soundtrack 88 rising for people that don't know is like the biggest record label for Asian American artists in the music industry. And they did the soundtrack for this. And I think is being very well received. Was- a lot of my favorite artists are on the soundtrack. So I'm not a big music guy, but when I saw that 88 rising was doing this, I was like, okay, so Marvel actually cares about this property and they're not just like pandering it and letting it be a one and done. So uh, I'm really glad that the, the soundtrack is, is a hit as well with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. it a great soundtrack, like fun, fun, synthy techno. Right. And then, and then a lot of the traditional um, like woodwinds and yeah, I'm yes. just really, really big fan. Definitely felt unique. And I feel like a lot of the other ones, the other Marvel soundtracks definitely have that problem where it's like, cannot tell like at one one day i was working and i was doing something like really mindless and i put on avengers age of ultron and then like some like thor and i was like wait when i couldn't tell that like it had changed it's like movies. the same composer yeah. i think yeah, yeah they, they all get the same composer and like some of them are good and some of them are better um but whatever yeah yeah i think it's pretty awesome i think for my my favorite soundtracks are this and, and black panther when they bring in artists to do the soundtrack and make original music it is pretty cool to see yep yep um but no, nothing quite touches Zack snyder uh having junkie xl <laughs> oh my goodness justice league <laughs> <laughs> what is hans zimmer up to these days is he doing the dune soundtrack yes he is okay that's what i thought that makes nice. sense yep i, Which I saw yeah, if he ever does a marvel movie we'll be like oh okay like i bet this will be really good so I got to bring this up, not relating to Shang-Chi, but I saw some insane movie trailers in the previews before this movie. There's one that I saw for a movie called Dear Evan something. Dear Evan about- Hansen. Yes. <laughs> I, Walter, Walter, you kind of look like Ben Oh Platt. my God. <laughs> Am I like a you know, complete crapper for laughing throughout? should not be casted as high school students. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, does so, look like he's a high school student. Though. No, he does not. No, he looks he, like he's about 30. Is what he looks he like. I, uh, I, I think, think the does. more you look at him, maybe. I don't know. But I it, I was him. laughing throughout that whole entire movie, movie trailer. I was like, I guess that just makes me a crappy person because that looks that looks like such a terrible movie. Dude, um, let's get let's get a quick, quick vibe check on Dear Evan Hansen. Um uh Olivia and Eric know this about me. I do not like musicals. Oh, they were I, they were overplayed. Wait, it's my, a musical? 
It's a musical. Yeah, Eric, did you oh, watch the trailer? I thought, or you just I thought it was. Yeah. I was like, dude, this. I was just talking to my brother the whole time. Like, this looks so insane. <laughs> they were like, singing like the whole time. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. I guess that, I thought that's just how people talk. Like, Wait, is this cool? <laughs> That's so sorry dad my white friends yeah i had no idea i thought it was like it looked like a like a lifetime or lifetime movie no i can see that i i i am laughing but i could i could see you thinking that okay. i think it's like a it's like a classic like uh it's a it was a broadway, broadway. and oh, ben really? platt like brent ben platt i'm pretty sure was instrumental in bringing it to broadway right uh, maybe. he originated uh, the role of yes. dear Evan, of, I, Evan Hansen. I had no, I thought this was like a Hollywood original and I did not know it was a musical at all when I was watching that trailer. Olivia, are you excited for it? I'm very excited for it. <laughs> you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't nah. have to be embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not. I just think it's really funny that Eric has spent like, like three minutes just trashing it. on it. Yeah, I, trashing it. It was time. one of the and better. I'm sitting here just like, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, I respect if there it. Are, if there are two forms, if I had to pick two forms of uh, in like entertainment that I just despise more than anything, and Isaac knows this about me, it is musicals and anime. So anything uh, that falls into either one of those categories, I'm I'm pretty much 100% not about. Uh, but it's very cool. Olivia, I'm excited that you're excited. I'll say thank that. you. You uh you earned some points in in Eric's ledger for laughing at Dear Evan Hansen with him, and then you just lost those points by saying yeah. that you can't respect anime. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not say I cannot respect anime. I said I am not about it. 100% not about it. You use stronger language than that, but <laughs> I do. I did see the trailer for West Side Story. I'll tame myself down. West Side Story trailer does look awesome. Yep. I, I yeah. Well, I mean, like even we we want here. This is this is a good place to just pause and say we want this podcast to be, we want this to be like we're going to tell you our opinion, but we're also going to be positive and not like. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. For, I didn't. As, uh, I don't know about uh, that. No, I, I will as dog much as, on as much as we are it. honest, we are going to be uh, open to every our listeners' uh, preferences and stuff, and so we're going to explain why we don't like stuff and why we do like stuff. Um, but uh, I watched the original West Side Story and. Uh, it was a couple months ago and I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I knew that this was a classic. I knew that it was indelible. And I was just like, I can't, I just, I tried, I watched it and I, it's a, it a, it's a, a six out of 10 movie time. for me. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch it again. And I honestly, I'll probably go see the one coming out in December, but I just don't, I, 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 oh, musicals were just overplayed growing up for yeah. me. Like, uh, like Phantom of the Opera. Um, sound of music. I love the sound, like sound of music. I can return to easily, like more easily than I think any other musical, but yeah, no, just, I was just like, just what, yeah, not, not a huge fan, but like also didn't have as, as judgmental reaction as, uh, Eric to dear Evan Hansen trailer. <laughs> nah, it, it was probably the heart lack of knowledge about it. It was so funny. Yeah. That's honestly it. But, um, Olivia, you're going to say something. I, I think. I was just gonna say, I think with this West Side Story, it's not gonna feel as like, not I don't want to say campy. It's not gonna feel as like Broadway because I know in the the original one they like they like do the the snapping. Get them, boys. Oh, yeah, they do that. Is that where that came um, from? 
Yeah, that's where they came from. And Spielberg has has said there's no snapping in this. So <laughs> at least on Not that end, it's going to be will snap in this movie. I will. There will be no snapping. I swear to God. <laughs> if there's any you're off the set um yeah not even and, not even when they're not filming if i hear somebody yeah. in their trailer you are out of here brother uh, yeah the first assistant oh. director's like hey you right there and spielberg's like you're fired out get out <laughs> he snaps and goes get out oh no i did it now i have to leave too yeah, oh, no. sorry i have to yeah. uh and, and also the i mean because what what west side the original west side story came out in the what 60s 70s yeah i think, I think the 60s uh, Rita Moreno is the only person who is actually Latina in that entire cast Ooh. from the OG one. And so uh, this one actually has people who are Hispanic in it, which is, you know, that's cool to All actually right. accurately cast people to be the uh, ethnicity, at least they're supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. There we go. So, so I mean, you know, and it's progress. got Ansel it's- Elgort in it. I love the guy. Uh, so you're not gonna cancel? Right. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw the cancel. I remember the can- I remember the canceling thing. We need to do right, we as need I to, said that. We need to do some updating on that because I haven't heard anyone like or I haven't seen anything about Ansel Elgort. So I don't know if he. It's kind of like a. What I'm assuming he just got uncanceled. What happened? I didn't know that we apparently he like did some pretty bad stuff. And um, got semi canceled, but I don't risque text messages. Yeah, I don't think he was basically is. sexting like seventeen year old girls. It's not yeah. cool. Not cool. And not cool. it was uh, we could, on the heat of Baby ahead. Driver, where it seemed like everyone in that cast was getting canceled, yep. rightfully That's so true. for some. <laughs> so yeah, yep. Uh, Edgar Wright's like also... Edgar Wright can't catch a break. He like. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I had Correct, a really good right. joke just now that nobody heard, so I'm gonna say it again real quick, and y'all react appropriate, however you feel. Okay, Ansel Elgort, more like Incel Elgort. <laughs> Am I right, boys? You're fired. <laughs> My first and last episode. You're fired. Yeah. And good run, good run. I mean, we could talk about Aquafina possibly. Like, there are people who want to cancel Aquafina too. So what? Oh, really? So this is if news you, to me. If you go back and look at her old stuff on YouTube, um, she oh. has what has been deemed or what has been called a black scent, where she talks a certain way mm. that she no longer has because she is no longer trying to uh, appeal to that, I guess. Like and, and a lot of people are like, she acts she says she's from Queens and she's technically it she technically is from Queens, but it's like maybe a nicer part of queens and not necessarily like sure uh the like I, I think i think her neighborhood was people are saying her neighborhood is like predominantly white and not black and so people yeah. are like she's she's pandering or she was pandering to that and then no longer it no longer serves her so she no longer has to hold on to that that black scent that they that she had in her earlier stuff and you can kind of hear it in um Oceans Eight, because she was in Oceans Eight with, uh, oh yeah, Aunt, yeah, with with Anne Hathaway and, and Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett and Rihanna. But uh, anyway, yeah. So I actually wasn't going to bring that up, but we started talking about canceling people. So I was Shang Chi, which is what this episode is supposed to be about. Which is yeah. <laughs> we took a fun detour right there, yeah, but we really did. What? All thanks to dear Evan. Dear Evan Hansen, the trip. You don't even know the name I said Mobley. I was thinking Mobley, and that's an NBA player. 
<laughs> oh man. Okay, Evan Hansen. Were there uh, any other interesting trailers before this movie? Walter didn't see him because he I was saw uh, Cinderella. Uh, the, <laughs> I was dealing the James Corden production. Where he Cinderella. Has his head on a mouse mouse yeah, body. James Corden. Yeah, the verdict. Wait, the one with Camila Cabello? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also God. speaking of people who, anyway. who won. Who yeah, won. you could just give James Corden talk. <laughs> yeah. It's so, like the, the Top Gear meme. It's like, oh no. Anyway. I, um, I have a question for Isaac Olivia. Being, I think, the only people that keep up with Marvel pretty much like up to date with the movies and stuff. How does this mm-hmm. fit in with the big Marvel picture? Mm, specifically the end credit scene. Okay, so, so so we're talking like continuity of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You want to so, kick it off, Olivia? I'll sure, yeah, bit. I'll kick it off. So we already know that that Doctor Strange, the sequel for Doctor Strange, is called Multiverse and Madness. And the end credit scene features Wong, and we see a hologram of of Bruce Banner, not Professor Hulk, not Hulk, but Bruce Banner. And we see Captain Marvel. And they're all talking about the rings that Shang, Shang now has. And so they're, they're like in whatever the little thing is that Dr. Strange lives in. And, which the is sanctum, weird. That we, I, sanctor, s- s- yeah. Sanctum. Yeah. yeah, you nailed it, Isaac. I, yep, can't nailed remember. It. A lot of so, S's. So I was talking about this with some of my the friends I went to see it with and you know I'm I'm hoping that that this means he's going to show up in in the Doctor Strange sequel. I don't really know to what extent. He hasn't been confirmed to be in that at all. They've already wrapped filming for it. So I don't really know if he's going to be in it or not, but it would be super cool, but I have no idea what part he's going to play in it. Unless these I wonder I don't know. This is just something I just thought about. I wonder if his, the rings have something to do with eternal, like the Eternals. Yep. Because I, I read that it, so they're, they're probably Eternals artifacts. Okay. Yeah. Cause they're talking, they're sitting around talking about how it doesn't, it's not like anything, any sort of alien thing that Captain Marvel has seen. Bruce Banner was like, I, I have no idea what it is. It's, it's older than a thousand years, which is how long uh, Tony Wong's character had had him. So, and in the Eternals trailer, they say that they've been on Earth for 7,000 years mm-hmm. or they've existed for 7,000 years, something like that. So I don't know. That's just the theory I just threw out right now. Yep. Yeah. I, that's that's probably what it is. Um, I want to say real quick, I loved the, like my favorite, absolute favorite part of the movie is after that scene when Wong goes with them to the karaoke bar and they get hammered <laughs> and like sing uh, Hotel Hilarious. California. Ama- I love Amazing. Benedict Wong so much. Oh, he's so great. Do we have uh, any karaoke bars like that in Arkansas? Where you can just run around probably and just sing karaoke? I don't know. That feels like probably. a great way to, to celebrate literally anything. You can just come over yeah. to my house and we'll just do it. Yeah. Okay. Honestly. Just, those are very fun. Those are yeah. very fun though. But yeah, um, that was pretty awesome. I think so. We get that post credit scene, then we get the second post credits scene with Jialing uh taking over taking I'm over so sorry. the ten rings. It was just funny. <laughs> taking over I the ten s- rings organization. Um yeah, so I think he might show up in 
I guess he's going to show up in Doctor Strange. Um, I am very interested. This one of the things I'm kind of hesitant about. Y'all probably just heard my cat meow. The one thing I'm kind of hesitant about is Shang Chi is probably going to be the last movie in the MCU that we have in a while that's like just focused on a couple characters. Mm-hmm. After this, we're getting Doctor Strange and the or uh, Sp- no Eternals. And then Spider-Man No Way Home and then Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And all of those are going to be ensemble. Eternals is going to feel a little bit more like a family, like Guardian style. So it'll feel a little more lo- uh, smaller scale. But each of these are going to have like vast consequences for the entirety of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of mentally preparing for like, okay, wait, how does that connect to, okay, how does that connect mm-hmm. to, okay, how does that, and like, I'm going to uh, get, yeah. I know I'm going to get kind of tired of it, but I'm, I know well, yeah, we're going to go see him anyway. So let me jump in here real quick and say, so like at the top of the episode, I think we mentioned that I'm not a big MCU guy myself. Um, and I think the reason, well, no, the reason for sure is because of what Isaac is already saying about what he thinks it's going to become. I like almost all of these movies. I feel like I'm not going to say they're the same. I don't think that's a valid criticism. They're not the same. They are. But- <laughs> a lot. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the Phase One movies were, and I would say yeah. Phase Two. And yeah. It, the, it gets to be like like oh like well I, I, I there's several I haven't seen um like I I haven't seen Doctor Strange because like I'm just not interested in his superpowers like I. I and maybe I would be. Maybe if I watched it, I would like it. But like, if you skip like just one of these movies, like it's it's gonna ruin. Like, not gonna ruin, but like you're gonna be so lost. Almost. Uh, like, yeah. Like for me, I like I love Spider Man. That's like the still the main one I care about in the MCU. I will go see every Spider Man movie. Um, but I saw the second one. Was it Far From Home? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I saw Far From Home having not seen any of the Avengers movies except for the first one that came out years ago. <laughs> and so, and I saw, thankfully I saw it with friends who were patient enough with me to where in the theater, I could be like, okay, so why is that guy like right there? Like, what about this part? And he, and he very patiently explained it all to me. And so like, I was still able to enjoy the movie that way, but like, like I, I love Spider-Man. I just want to watch Spider-Man. And so I think like, so that's been my criticism the whole time. So I'm glad Isaac said that now about like what the like coming up, the new Avengers lineup is going to be, man. And like just watching the preview for the new Spider movie that's coming out. It's like, well, Dr. Strange is in this one. It's like, I guess I got to watch Dr. Strange before I can watch a new Spider-Man movie, even though I love Spider-Man. I don't care about Dr. Strange. And it's just very frustrating. Here's the thing. I want to watch what I want to watch. I don't want to watch other stuff because it feels like homework. You know what I mean? I think I think you would like Doctor Strange if you watched it. But that being said, don't don't feel if you don't feel like you have to because I think I think that they I think Disney understands that and they're they're pumping so much money into these movies because they make so much money for them and it kind of just makes sense. Like, yeah, we can hire Tobey Maguire for like thirty million dollars or how I don't know. That's probably too much, but like. They might. I mean, they paid Robert Downey Jr. like fifty million, and like, if the fans really want Tobey Maguire, and they do, mm-hmm. they might. They might sign him up for thirty million dollar or for a thirty million dollar contract. You appear in these movies for these scenes. We'll give you this money, and like, 
he wants money. That's it. And like, I don't know. I mean, we know for a fact that Alfred Molina is going to be in it. Um, so like, you know, it's, it, it, it's going to open up that multiverse in the MCU and it's going to get, it's going to be really cool for some people. And then it's going to be really exhausting for everybody like me. It's yeah. like when Game of Thrones was airing and, uh, everyone was talking about it. And if you weren't, it was like, you're getting left out of the party. Yeah. And yep. then you had to watch like 700 hours of it to catch back up yep. on it. Yep. Yep. Cause I haven't, well, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but like almost all my friends have, and they would talk and I'll be like, they're like, oh, oh, you should watch it. And I'm like, Hey man, I don't have three weeks of my, <laughs> of my life to dedicate to this. It's like watching the Lord of the Rings extended trilogies. That's like a um, 10 hour, yeah, <laughs> 10 hour event. But that's the one thing that I do enjoy about Shang-Chi is hopefully it's going to appeal to the people that, um, don't have an investment in the Marvel universe because there really isn't that much of a tie-in besides mm-hmm. some of the characters that are there for comedic relief, like Wong and uh, the fake Mandarin, um, where if you knew those characters, you'll get like a joke, but there's like not any in, in just that movie, there's not really any tie back to, to the Marvel movie and it can be a standalone. And I think it will be a standalone for a lot of people where yeah. they can just go and watch it. That's and, why I enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah having not seen Dr. Strange, like it still wasn't a big deal. Like I think, I think I'm pretty sure I knew who Wong was already. Like just for, you know, that last scene he was in, but um, yeah, it was, it was pretty self-contained. Um, yeah, exactly. Part, which I liked. And I think, I think that Marvel will, the, they might be moving toward a model where like the smaller scale stuff is the stuff that happens on TV, but it's still or on Disney plus, And then it still ties into the larger events that happen in the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. know if that's true, but I remember there was talk about this one being on Disney Plus. I read up on it, and the director and writer's like, "No, Disney, you're not putting this on Disney Plus because we need to get a character out like Shang Chi out to people, and not yeah. just put it on some streaming service and put it on the sidelines." Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad they did that too. It was really cool to see it in theaters, and I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I had just like watched it at home. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to um, air air some of my grievances with the movie, but I wanted to start by with um, with Eric's comment pretty early on in this recording about the formulaic third act. Eric, do you want to kind of like okay. t- talk about that? Because I feel pretty strongly about it starting at a certain point in the movie through the yeah. rest of the movie. And it, I think oh, Olivia, what are you going to say? Tell the people what a third act is in a movie. Yeah. So the third act is pretty much where everything you can, it's very distinct in Marvel movies. You can see it coming. It's like where they're like, the story has reached this culminating point and the storytellers need to end the movie. So there's the, the third act comes. And in Marvel, it's very apparent because it's when the villain assembles their army, is going to charge into known location going after some sort of MacGuffin and there's going to be some large scale battle uh, between evil and good good coming out on top is pretty much how all the Marvel movies have ended mm-hmm. since like phase two and it, it's like battle is going to come down to like the very last second right the, the hero like barely scrapes through yeah yes the good guys have an army, the bad guys have an army, and the bad guys are trying to do something, and the good guys are trying to stop them. It's almost like... And there, and for Marvel's, yeah. the Marvel staple is there's a MacGuffin. There's something they're always chasing after. It's usually an Infinity Stone, or some... And in this case, it was uh, Gwen Wu going after his wife that did not exist and releasing an evil 
And um, what? Yeah, you got. I can't it. remember what I was gonna say. Dang it! Sorry, my bad. Yeah, and then the 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 CGI battle between the dragon and moth was very Godzilla Kong like. Of course, that was very pandering to Chinese audiences because Kong bows to no one. <laughs> I I my theory is they 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 added that in there clearly to appease the Chinese audiences because they are suckers for the big CGI battles between monsters. The Chinese audiences that w- might not ever see this movie. Exactly. Yeah. So they, yeah, uh, I, did I hit that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, I don't know if you were going to jump in. I was just going to say, I I've talked to a couple of people who felt that they kind of, they just didn't really love the CGI battle scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, that kind of lost them, which I understand. But also, I also like I said also twice, so that was redundant. But I understand why that was put in to like appeal to mm-hmm. more like Asian audiences as opposed yeah. to. And it the, was cool. Like the, the, the scale of it was cool. The scale of it with him mm-hmm. seeing the dragon was so cool. But then once they they start fighting, I would have rather had. I, I would have just rather had the yes. gate not open and all the monsters get out. And I would have rather had like Shang and, um, and his dad just fighting. And you get to that point where he's throwing the rings at him and he's learned, he's learned that um, I, I, I can't remember the name of the, the dimension that they are in the dark side. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, Shadow. but he learned, he learns to control them. And I would have loved if that had been the resolution, like mm-hmm. you, these rings aren't yours. Like these, and they're not even like the, the, the rings are the MacGuffin the whole time. I feel like, yeah. but mm-hmm. once he controls them, he's like, you're dead meat. Like I, I beat you. I would have rather like, he stops the gate from being open. You have the dragon come through and just like, demolish all of his people and then his dad gets captured or i would have rather like the huge fight between the two monsters not happen honestly once one i respect that because i i there was one movie reviewer that i actually read his name is jeff jong and he's like i think he put it in his review is like it's another marvel movie where it could have been twice as good if they had half the budget um and i could totally see that for the third act but one thing i did like that i did not expect at all in the third act was the 10 rings and the village teaming up to fight the evil. Sure. I did not yeah. expect that at all. Cause because that, once they realize they're sucking their souls out, it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was pretty cool to see. The, yeah. The that's what I was talking about the scale. I think like having, having all the characters good and bad realize the scale of it and it being bigger than just like them, like just their conflict was cool. Yeah. 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 But that, Marvel, they yeah. have to get away from this third act of just, an army finding an army, a bad guy finding a good guy. It's it is gotten it gotten so redundant. Was Black Widow like that as well? Was there like some kind of standoff between good and evil and yes. good wins? The, yeah, there's they... sorry, Olivia. I'm I'm dominating. I don't want to do that. Sorry. Just like a man. Yep. <laughs> we have one woman in our podcast, and we just keep rolling right over. <laughs> yeah. We value just... diversity. <laughs> the patriarchy. Yeah. No, go ahead, Olivia. Yeah, no, we're literally giving you the floor. We're waiting for you. <laughs> I, I need to just... spoil Black Widow for me. Okay, no, so no, no, not, no, no, not, not completely, but. So, yeah, I mean, they, 
it's it's the same thing of it looks kind of like at the last minute and like in the third act like oh no our heroes in peril and like how how are they gonna escape and then it's a team up of all right our our army of good guys are gonna fight the army of bad guys there's an army as well i mean sort of it's not it's on a smaller scale but yes it's on a significantly Uh, smaller scale it's not like an actual army yeah so you see the team up uh of you know scarlett johansson florence Pugh, david harbour rachel vice um get together and they you know they're trying to free the other black widows who are and this this is something you learn as you watch the movie they're under basically this mind control and so they're trying to free the others while also defeating the the bad guys so it's 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 the same isaac would would you agree with that like I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a couple points and kind of like compare compare these two movies because they are they both released this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both Phase Four movies and they're both like standalone movies. Um, I honestly I and I don't I don't want to. I'm not saying this to ruffle any feathers. This is honestly what I think. I think Black Widow as a movie works better than Shang Chi. Um, I just think it's like conceived. And, and executes this like vision better. I think that the final fight scenes are a lot more effective. Um, and so, and, and so I, I like Shang-Chi, but I feel like Black Widow overall works better um, because you have this, um, the theme of family is, and, and kind of like how complicated your relationship with your father is, is, is there and it's present throughout the whole the, the entirety of Shang-Chi, but the theme of trauma is more interwoven into every scene in Black Widow. Does that make sense? So, so that's, that's just my personal take. Um, I really enjoyed both, but um, the final scene, and this is, I, I will probably get flack for this, but I'm, I'm just being completely honest. Like the final scenes of Black Widow are more exciting and visceral than the final fight scenes of Shang-Chi. Like you, there's a part where um, Natasha's like getting beaten to a pulp by all these widows. And it's, it's just kind of like, it's sort of a faceless army, but also because of the backstory, you know that these women were all kidnapped and they were all like brainwashed. And there's just like all this trauma and like really kind of frightening stuff that is lingering in the background the whole time. Um, and and it just it just works a little bit more for me than than the two than the Godzilla scale fight. Yeah, that's that's my those are my thoughts on that. Okay, nice. Olivia, yeah, I, I need to see Black Widow because I for, for some reason I I've, I never really had any kind of emotional attachment to her, and just her finally getting an origin movie after she's been in like ten Marvel movies, I'm like that's ah, a little bit overdue. Oh so. yeah, yeah, for sure. Like dead. came way too late. Like and is already dead. Yeah, so it's yeah, like and is already dead. Like, hey, okay, well, I know she's not gonna die in this one. So yeah, yeah stakes are a little yeah. bit lower. Yeah. So in response to what Eric just said about Black Widow, she was brought in as a. I think Isaac and I talked about this when we talked about Black Widow. She was brought in as a sex symbol. Like there was, yep. she was just a sex object. Like there was no reason for her other than that. Like, yeah. and in fact, I, Tony Stark goes, I want one. Talking about her, oh, a yeah. human being, he goes, I want one. Is that and, Iron Man too? Yeah. Ansel yes. Tony Stark. Oh man. And, and part of that is kind of like, you see the character development of Tony throughout the, the 
whole MCU. So like you realize that's not who he is, you know, at the end, but that's who he was at the beginning. Absolutely. That's a wild line. As, as objects. Right. Which honestly, I don't know if, if they would write that into any character, like any, any Marvel movie at this point, which is crazy because that movie did not come out super long ago. Anyway. But what I was going to say, kind of talking about the, the trauma, the theme of trauma, like clearly Shang-Chi has, has trauma. I mean, yes. he witnessed yeah. his mother die. And I wonder and Eric can speak to this more than, than I can. Um, so, so if you think about culturally speaking, it's a lot like, like, like white people are much more likely to actually talk about those things. Now, now that's not always like out in the open for everyone, but they're, they're more likely, you know, to go to therapy, to talk about the things. Whereas in collectivistic cultures, such as, really any asian culture talking about trauma is not especially when it's with the family <laughs> like 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 shang chi didn't talk about any of his his family stuff with with katie who he's known for for 10 years for a decade you know like like i think about the fact that you know isaac and i we've known each other since we were 18 i've known eric since you know we were in high school like i i'm closer with, with isaac than eric but like Isaac, Isaac and Eric know stuff about my, like my life, right? Like you guys know things about my life. And so, you know, I wonder if it's that the cultural aspect is there to talk about or to kind of not brace you from or like keep you from, but like, does that any of that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, you're, yeah. Are you kind of saying like the unspokenness is probably part of the point? of like it's, it's kind of like it it's, lo- it's looming but it's not really exposited as much and, and, yeah, and it is like you get to see that really really heartbreaking scene where she she saves her kids dies in the process and he the dad comes back and he's like i'm gonna go I, i'm getting the rings back out because yeah this, uh, this wouldn't happen it, if i'd held on to him and I mean, we get we see what happens after his mother died like you see you know little shang chi witness his father just demolish yep these guys which also pretty by the way awesome. we haven't talked cool. about that yeah. scene that was a sweet scene that was awesome um but but yeah like we we see we see the trauma it's just not spoken yeah i think which, you're you're right i think in in the in the east asian culture like it's you keep it a lot more internalized just because the family is so important and anything negative especially when it's with your father, you don't want to externalize that and let that be known. So that's, that's more kind of a culture thing, but um, I, I, see, I definitely see both sides of it. And I think it goes back to Shang-Chi's character is he's raised up in this, this household and then he finally escapes over um, to America. And then he's just, this the whole story is him trying to find his, his identity and place in society, which is like the, yeah. the tale of every Asian American in america yeah yeah those are those are just my thoughts and i i understand like i'm I'm kind of viewing it in a certain lens and with certain biases um but no i i do i do really really enjoy the, like this movie i the, but the scene where uh, olivia mentioned where uh shang chi accompanies his dad and watch watches his dad just obliterate that gang was pretty cool that was probably oh, yeah. my favorite scene i think yeah. um and then the, the kid, it goes back to fealty. The kid 
Kid Shang-Chi is like, yeah, I'm going to help you murder this whole entire gang as well. And I'm like six years old. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it kind of like adds to some of the heartbreak. And I hope that we get to see more of that after Avengers five or whatever, whenever the second Shang-Chi movie releases, I hope that we get to see more of that of him becoming a good person and reconciling. Like I can't kill people. Like I don't believe this is right, but um, I, I don't know. Cause you, he's such a good, that's the thing that's kind of hard for me. He's like, he's so fun. He's so goofy. He just likes to go and like drink and party. And then he's like, Oh yeah. I like killed a bunch of people. And you're like, okay, I, I can see that because you're like a really, really powerful martial artist. And I believe you could kill people, but also your personality doesn't really reflect that. Cause you I, seem exactly. like a total, it's bro. a little, it was so jarring. On, I think it's in that bus scene where he just whips out the martial arts moves. Cause I was fully saying like, this guy does not have any powers or any kind uh-huh. of martial arts training. And uh, it turns out I was completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, William and Katie is like, who are you in that yep. scene? But to go going back to what Isaac was saying about how jarring it was, and this is this is my therapist lens coming out. So I I apologize if this is like I don't know, I'm not apologizing. Never mind. This is my opinion. This is my thought. So often people who have, I mean, th- there's lots of people who have experienced lots of lots of trauma that that you if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't know. Like you would never guess that. So, so I think that it's easy for us to be like, well, it's so jarring because it's, he's literally killed, he's been trained as an assassin since he was like six, right? And he, he's like a bro where he's just want, he just wants to hang out and party and like live his life, right? But what if one of the reasons why he and Katie go out and drink all the time is because of that? Like, sure, yeah, it's, it's fun to go hang out and do karaoke with your friends, but also, if you get drunk, then you don't have to think about the fact that you've killed people yeah, or that's true. Like, that. like, like I, I think that I, I don't, I didn't find it as jarring, but I also work with people who have experienced lots of trauma and who on the surface, you would never guess that, or they try to use humor. Cause like, he's, he's funny. Like I, that's I mean, true. Yeah. he had some funny lines and, and, he seems really likable and i have i have lots of clients who are super likable that mm. use their humor as a defense i mean lots of people use i use humor as a defense like yep. so 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 not I, I mean that's fine that's i'm not trying to critique your critique i think oh you're i think you're probably right because like i do the same thing like make a joke to avoid yeah. feelings and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's easier for a lot of people, especially for men, especially for, for men of color. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. are my thoughts. I, I did like your description of Shanxi as just being a bro because he totally I, is like, that's, is. I, like, I love that of, because so few yeah. people in the MCU have, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's usually the side characters, which you see like five minutes of screen time in a movie right. that, are actually relatable so it's very cool to see a main character that you can kind of be seeing like oh i could I, like he's just like one of us yeah, yeah. And I think what, not really yeah i think it really helped with that was his friendship with katie because mm-hmm. like they're very similar in a lot of ways but obviously different in other ways and their dynamic was just so good um like they're both like like they're both very smart and like educated but they like they're like no we're just going to be like car valets and then we're going <laughs> to at night um and uh they're very close um and they they're 
the way their dialogue was written and performed was so good and so natural. Like the scene that I thought was so funny when, so like when you're getting his whole backstory, it's like a montage of, you know, like all the footage of like young Shang-Chi, like doing all that. And then all of a sudden it cuts to them sitting in the airplane <laughs> and you realize that he's been telling her all this on the plane. Yes. And yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think it cuts when she's like, she goes, wait, you change your name from Sean to Sean. <laughs> and like, and that whole, like that, the way they talk about that and bounce off of each other. It, it felt so natural. Like it feels the way, like, like that we talk to our friends, you know, like and she kinda, mm-hmm. she's like kind of roasting him a little bit for that. And he's like, well, like, Wah. so I thought that was so good. And then like the fact that it never got romantic. I loved yep. like, but you can tell that they love each other. Like that's, what's great about other, it. But it's yeah. not like, like and it's it's a a straight I assume I I'm assuming straight guy and a straight girl, but they they don't have interest in being together and it was very really refreshing to see that like hey like guys and girls can be friends, and mm-hmm. it doesn't have ever had to be anything more than that. And I was nervous the whole movie. I was like, ah, they're gonna wait for the kiss, the kiss, and the final it's scene. Gonna, and I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna bother me, but they didn't do it. And I, I really even at the end when they like when they go into the portal that Wong opened up, um, and she like took his arm. It wasn't like it still felt like not romantic, like right. in a good way, like it was good. Um, right. I brought up a good point about about the uh, the humor in this movie. There was a this is a this is going back to my experience with at the movie theater. When I got to the movie theater, there was actually a pretty good crowd. The lady in front of me, I, I had mentioned it, asked for two tickets to Shanghai, which I <laughs> I was already on my butt laughing before the movie even started. Um, you want to go to airport for that. But- and then uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. And then the movie in the movie theater itself, that was the most Asian people I have ever seen inside a movie. And that was pretty cool to see um, people actually coming out to see this uh, that are Asian. And there was one line and there were a lot of jokes that like went over the over the top of people's heads. Like this was I don't think a lot of people even realized that this was a joke when um, they're all sitting at. Uh, Wen Wu's compound having dinner, and then Wen Wu asked Katie what her Chinese name is. Like everyone, like everyone that was Asian in theater, just started laughing because she didn't have a Chinese name, and it it was just like it's little jokes like that sprinkled throughout the movie. I think I mentioned it earlier made it seem authentic because that was the thing that we always had to deal with. We have an English name and we have an Asian name, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> when when we asked like, "What, hey, Katie? What's your Chinese name?" She just has that awkward look on her face. Like, what do I even say? It was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. No, I get that. As a white guy, that flew over my head. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah. Kind of sensed a little bit more tension, especially because it's him and the way he asked it. I was like, because and you, Katie had had talked about. You could sense that she was stepping away from some yeah. of that, like family culture and heritage um earlier in the movie so i i, I did right. kind of sense yeah, that it was, it was really it, yeah. and his delivery of that line was really he's like what's your chinese name and then aquafina's look on her face like what do i even say here i don't even know how to speak chinese it's, yeah. it was pretty good how do you how do we feel about um or not we but like so Dan, uh Destin daniel cretton who directed this this is his first action movie um, he directed Short Term 12 and Just Mercy and another movie with Brie Larson. I forget what it's called. Um, but Short Term 12, oh. that was a powerhouse, I yep. believe. Yep. So he he does really well in those. In Both those movies are just very intimate and kind of you get to see people being very raw with each other. And 
there's, I mean, those scenes with Aquafina and, um, and Simu Liu are really good. And there's just like a lot of pain in Tony Leung's face when he, uh, is, you know, anytime he's on screen, cause he's, he's just sad that his wife is gone. So Olivia, what you got? The, the other movie that, uh, Cretton has Cretton. Yep. He has directed a Brie Larson is called the glass castle, which is based on a memoir, and I haven't seen the movie, but the memoir is amazing and devastating. So I imagine the movie is also super, super emotional and it's got Woody Harrelson in it as well. Um, Brie Larson has been in all of his features. <laughs> nice. Yeah, she was because she was at the end. Yeah. yeah. So what was your question, Isaac, about the, the action? Uh, well, we no. Okay. So bus scene, I guess, I guess this is like overall point. I can think this is just how I felt. Bus scene. Bus fight scene, great. Um, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Um, the dojo fight scene on the scaffolding, mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, ten out of ten. Lighting, the lighting was bad. You couldn't really see what was happening in Dude, some was, some of the was, scenes. Okay, not to derail the talks about fighting, but I had some issue as a photographer and sometimes videographer myself. I took issue with a good bit of the lighting in this movie. Some parts were like awesome, like great. Then other ones is like when they first got to that whatever alternate dimension, you know, that the whole third act was in. There's a scene where like uh Shang and Katie and um Nan were all like standing by the water and like, dude, the light it literally I, I could be like, Oh yeah, they probably put the light right behind the camera. And it was the most weird direct lighting and it it took me out of the whole thing. And I don't know if anybody else noticed like sending these lighting issues anyway no it, well, okay whatever nobody noticed it just me no i i mean i did that was i mean the lighting in the scaffolding scene was i, I was it was cool like he you could Visually you were look cool yeah you you when he fell like three two or three stories you felt it when he landed and like you could see both of them just kind of like weaving in and out of the bamboo um it was cool but and but i guess my main point is like after that you don't get a fight scene until the very end and it's like it's a cgi fest like one team's doing one thing another team's doing another thing the plot's kind of moving forward um and it's like 20 to 25 minutes of like non-stop that way but i, I overall i kind of credit the um the the i guess lack of cohesion with him just like ha- not having much experience with action mm. because because like he's he's coming off of three dramas and he did it like those two those two first two fight scenes were great but um i kind of like was a little wary of that going in um so i don't know if y'all have thoughts i think about that. a lot of marvel movie directors when you look at it they don't have like any experience directing action so mm-hmm. i don't think this is the first case of this happening where the third act is pretty much the studio directing the final scene sure sure and it's just a cgi fest um but yeah i i agree there the marvel overall has this issue of using these really gray color palettes in all of their movies yes. you can you know instantly yeah, when yes. you see when you watch a marvel movie what it looks like is because there's this grayish brownish look to all of them mm-hmm. um which they have not gotten past that issue um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy was probably the only one that kind of looks not different from a Marvel movie, but this this suffers from that as well. Um, as far as the action, I was a little bit let down because I was expecting 
action scenes. And I've watched a week of nonstop wuxia movies before watching this. So I kind of set myself up for failure here. I was expecting <laughs> you, a lot can more. Can you give a definition of wuxia? Uh, I so, heard, heard it pronounced like yeah. wuxia. So wuxia, it's bas- guy, it basically so. is a direct translation to Chinese fantasy. And that in, in movies, those are the movies that the action the, the actors are like swinging around on ropes um <laughs> they're flying through the air walking through air they do these superhuman acts which you can kind of see in the combat in this movie uh, just think of crouching tiger chin dragon they're running up a tree straight vertical up a tree trunk um that's that's what wuxia is um i was expecting more action scenes like that where this camera is just set out completely and you can see both of the actors in frame head to toe like doing hand-to-hand combat, but there were some pieces of the scenes that were like that, but overall it was a little bit more like your classic Marvel, but there were still a lot of, I still credit them to not doing the shaky cam, which is a big, yeah. big progress for yeah. Marvel. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with pretty much yeah. all that. They had unbroken shots, which I liked. Yeah. Um, the action that was in it was awesome. Uh, I mean, even like the, I count that dancing scene at the beginning. Like also. Kind yeah, of that was scene. pretty cool beautifully shot like beautifully choreographed um but i think i think maybe what you were saying and i'm just saying a little bit differently but it was just the pacing of the whole movie as far as action goes because yeah there was a pretty big chunk in the middle where it was a lot of talking which is fine you got to have talking but if it's a martial arts movie i want some more martial arts in it so so walter coming off out of your sorry cut you off Isaac. i I wanted to because I saw him shake or nodding his head. So, with your photography background, do you agree that these Marvel movies, their color tones are very bland, and they almost yeah. all look exactly the same? Yeah, and that's that's another reason I think I've like kind of fallen away from the MCU for I mean, ever since the first Avengers movie. It's just it, it seems devoid of life, um, and and a lot of these movies, especially I saw this especially in the Captain America movies, it just felt like such a cash grab. Um, that it's like it, who whoever was making the movie, uh, it wasn't as much for the art of filmmaking as it was like, hey, this is going to make us like a ton of money. You and can so, see yeah. from the very first Avengers movie, it was directed to play on FX for the rest of our lifetimes. The way that that movie was shot, it was very TV friendly color palettes. Yes. The way that yeah. that first Avengers movie was shot. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't have like its own character. Um, as far as like the color grading and the lighting goes, uh, I will say like in the in Shang Chi and when they did uh, when they went to the alternate realm um, or the alternate dimension or whatever, um, like it had like the CGI like creatures that straight up looked like Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> it, I was seriously like, oh, yeah. it's Nine Tails. Yeah, yeah Nine Tails. I was like, it's Nine Tails. I said, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Little <laughs> looks like Nine Tails, and there were some others that were like, hey, this could be Pokemon concepts. Um, but like when when they first got into there, I, I don't know if they did it or not, or if it was just a placebo effect. But going from going from you know the normal world like into that, I felt like the colors are a little more vibrant. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe it was to show that it's like, you know, alternate dimension or whatever. But I thought it was prettier in there than it was like previous, you know, in the real world. But overall, yes, still suffers from the MCU uh, yeah. muddy color palette. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people like say DC movies are dev- devoid of any kind of color personality. I'm, and they compare it to Marvel. I'm like, that is not a good <laughs> example to use. The only, the, the only 
movie that stands literally heads and shoulders above other MCU movies in terms of um, cinematography and color is guardians Two. Yeah. Like hands down, you watch that and it's like, it has color, but you can tell like that it's been done post, but you can like you, like all the scenes with Peter walking around on the planet with his dad and like, it's natural light. Like it's actually it, like it looks better than the cinematography appears as it appears in the Eternals trailer. Like that's the Eternals, how, like, that's how I'm not impressed. To... I'm not impressed by yeah. the Eternals. It's looking very gray and brownish as well. Yep. But yeah, of course they can always touch that up too. I think a really good like if you're looking at like a big AAA movie franchise that does lighting and colors really well. Now and this might be controversial, but the new Star Wars movies. Um, yep. I thought especially a lot of people didn't like this, but Solo, the Han Solo movie. There were so many scenes that I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what the dialogue was because I was looking at how great the lighting and colors were. Yep. Um, so much of it was just, just, I don't know, dude, just done so well. And so I feel like a lot of, you know, and I know that Disney owns that too, so I don't know why they can't, you know, put one on the like, hey, let's, <laughs> you know, focus on this. Yeah. Um. So probably because yeah. like, it, it would be interesting to to do research in comparison of like which franchise shot for shot pound for pound is more fx i would imagine that it's marvel but who knows like pretty much all avengers endgame was shot on the green screen i was about to say like yeah yeah, some of those behind the scenes is all green screen and then we talked about mandalorian the other day isaac but of course everybody knows how mandalorian was shot now but like on that sound stage where they have like a whole like floor ceiling walls is all like a digital screen that mm-hmm. like and it's built mm-hmm. on a, a unity engine which is how they uh, make uh, a lot of video games and so the way that they're able to render that and it just looks so great and so natural um and i don't know why more studios aren't using that yeah but let's let's wrap up this episode with uh who do you guys think the new avengers lineup will be we got shang chi we got uh sam wilson as the new cap, as the new Captain America. Oh, was that a uh, Falcon? That's his. Yes. Yep. Yes, that Falcon. Oh, okay. yeah. See the new Captain America now officially. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got yeah. uh, real quick. Yeah. On the topic of Falcon, there's this Anthony Mackie video, and I think it might disappear from the internet thanks to Disney. But there's this video from like four or five years ago, where he actually talks about Hollywood, big Hollywood. And he calls out the Chinese indus- entertainment industry and Marvel and comic book movies in it. Highly recommend watching it. I think it's called like Anthony yeah. Mackie takes down Hollywood. Nice. And like coincidentally, now he's like Captain America. If that is still online, I will put that in the description. Yeah. Of YouTube video of this podcast. Yeah. Pretty awesome video. You can send that to me, Eric. All right. Who else we got, Olivia? Uh, Haley Steinfeld as Hawkeye. Whoa, I didn't Whoa. Yeah. yeah, that was news. So she's going to be in the Hawkeye series, which is coming out in November. Ooh. And she plays the character Kate Bishop, who in the comics takes over the mantle of Hawkeye. So that's the assumption is she will eventually become Hawkeye. Like either they kill off Jeremy Renner or he yes. you know, fades into the black. I, yeah, I kind of hope they kill him off. I truthfully really kind of hope they kill him off. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty over Jeremy Renner. I, yeah, he's just not a likable actor to me for oh, some reason. God. It's just, kind of amazing. He's like, yeah. terrible as a oh, person. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Have you heard his music? Like he did no. like, a few years ago, he did the most like car commercial Imagine Dragons sounding like. Oh, <laughs> yes. Because it was for like a Jeep 
It was for some. Oh Jeep my gosh, car. dude! It was the most generic sounding like radio rock hit. Uh, oh no. Yes. Anyway, check that out too if you want to hate yourself. Okay. <laughs> Eric, um, not, what were you no. going to say? Not a we got, you kind of go back to like when Renner was cast as Hawkeye. He was coming off of um, Hurt Locker. And they were like, no, we'll get some credibility into this com- comic book movie. We got RDJ, but we'll add Jeremy Renner too because he's like kind of a he's a heavy hitter. And then he just kind of like, yeah, he continued to talk. fade from uh, not credibility because he was in he's been in some really good movies and had some good performances since Hurt Locker, but like kind of peaked there. <laughs> he, he was. I don't so, think he was. He turned out to be like the movie star that that right. Like Everyone the, the thought he was. Gonna, he was going to be like a leading yes. man, and he's. More of like his character in the Mission Impossible movies, where he's there and sporting, and he does. And that. they thought he was going to take over the Bourne franchise, and he didn't. Oh um, gosh, oh, yeah, they're, they're that just, movie was atrocious. Oh, yeah. yeah, not a good movie. I forgot I about that one. Forgot about that. That was bad. That was oh, bad. We got Paul Rudd as Ant Man. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. brother! Big Paul Rudd fan here. Real excited. We love Paul Rudd. We got. Um, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and Spider-Man. Florence Pugh. Pugh. I don't think she'll be an uh, Avenger. Uh, you think, think she I think she's gonna be like an anti-hero that shows up when she wants to. I think she's gonna do the Dark Avengers. Yep. Somebody help me. She makes if sense. that's if that's what they end up doing, I think she'll be a Dark Avenger. I don't think she'll be an Avenger. If somebody doesn't tell me who Florence Pugh is, I'm gonna start screaming. Have you yes. seen? No, no, I was about to get mad, but he's like Hollywood's darling. Have I seen what? Midsommar. Just Google Florence Pugh. You would recognize her. Okay, fine. I'll just Google Florence Pugh. It, her last name is spelled like uh, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> P-U-G-H. Who is she? Uh, uh, in the MCU, though, is what I'm asking. She so is a Black in, Widow. Yeah, she's a Black Widow. Oh. Oh, so she'll take over as the next Black Widow. Yes. And then, the assumption. And then uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. Not, yeah. yeah that rounds out if, our uh if the fanboys don't don't uh get her kicked out of the mcu which i don't think they will i think people uh, wait what happens the, i don't think they're actually going to get her kicked out just the fanboys hate everyone MCU, hates mcu incels really do hate uh captain marvel yeah they really hate captain marvel they thought well, the movie was I terrible i think they hate brie larson. i think it's it's with brie larson it's yeah. because she's uh, outspoken she's pretty uh, and, I don't want to say opinionated. She is pretty. She's, oh, she's real opinionated. Uh, okay. Like a lot of she her, is really her interview, like, she comes across as kind of unlikable sometimes. So like I don't care about it, but like that I think that's why people people like can't separate the like the the actor from the part, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like oh yeah. we hate Brie Larson, so therefore we hate Captain Marvel, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She she very much has a firm stance on a lot of topics that. Uh, I, I think that I think if you don't, I, I think that people would probably describe her as like a feminazi, mm-hmm. and I don't think she's necess- I, I don't think she's that's not. the case at all. No. But I think that that if you are, you know, fall into a category where you're in any way, shape, or form deemed as the oppressor mm-hmm. in any way, so like a white straight man, yep. you're gonna hate her. Yeah, I'm glad the uh, well, not glad, but it's disappointing to hear that the Marvel fan base is picking up her Star Wars fan base. Finished. Oh um, no, yeah, they're, no, they're really right is. On, oh, on Star the Star Wars fan base is not finished. I'll tell you that much. They're, oh, okay. they're very much <laughs> going strong. 
Oh, I kind of re- yeah. retired from following them after Last Jedi. Which maybe we'll but... talk about when those so those other shows come out, like the the Star Wars anime that's coming out, and then that looks cool. I'm I'm as an anime. So hater, I watched that trailer and I was like, that's kind of badass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have to watch it. I think that is going to be a lot of the reaction. I think Olivia and I co- covered it on our uh, animation episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. We're very so, excited for it. Uh, so this Avengers lineup is going to be pretty interesting because these are like pretty much a whole new lineup, 75% of these mm-hmm. people. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and Thor. Thor's like the, the big Thor's one Thor. that we didn't mention. Yeah. If, what about- if he lives past four, Thor 4. That's true. He might he might die and it might be uh, Jane. So we might have yeah. Natalie Portman in the lineup. And give something uh, else the Marvel fanboys can freak out about. And uh, yeah. sh- sh- apparently, it's rumored that Cherie is going to be Black Panther. I hope that I, I want that cool. so badly. I want that. Really? Love Shuri. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Wait. So is, is yeah. Bruce Banner still going to be in it, or are they kind of phasing him out? I have no idea. I, I think he'll be. I don't in know. It. I was apparently, hoping, he was uh, messed. But I was going to say, I was hoping Winston Duke was going to take over the Black Panther. That would have been awesome too. That would be cool too. I'm not. I'm not opposed to either ideas. That'd be cool. Yeah, I want to congratulate us on the longest podcast episode we have had to date. Wait, how long is this one? I haven't even looked at the clock. It's definitely our longest. Wow. I don't know what time we started recording because I know we said ten thirty, but we also had some business stuff that we needed yeah, to we take care of. Yeah, and then we started. So I don't know what time we actually started recording, but this has definitely been a long episode for us. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's a. Yeah, I think it's about an hour and a half or so. Okay. Well, we can wrap so, it then if we want to. Is there anything more we can cover? We this had a this had one of the lower MCU box office um, performances, but we're in a pandemic, and it's also it's estimated to be like ninety million um, for Labor dom- Day. And for Labor Day domestic, this is the highest grossing Labor Day um, film to date, which is impressive. Nice. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. Uh, I'm glad yeah. it's doing well. I was very hesitant that it was going to, I was thinking that it was going to bomb completely and it was going to be the last we've ever seen this character. I'm glad it's actually doing well. Yep. Yeah, me too. I don't, I think, I think it probably would, if it, we weren't in a pandemic, I, I would wonder how close it would get to breaking that like 1 billion like Black Panther and Captain Marvel did, just because both of those were such, you know, big films for different reasons. And I feel like this would be on the same level as those films. Yeah. Yep. And I've seen a lot of people, um, I think, and before I say that, it's, I think this movie will do good with word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. After this week, a lot of people, I've already seen a lot of people like, I was not going to see this movie at all. And everyone's reactions to like, are saying, I'm going to go see this movie now. Mm-hmm. Then everything with COVID, especially in the Asian community, a lot of people I know, especially in the bigger cities, I know personally, like in, San Francisco, California, New York. I, have, I know a lot of people there that are still very hesitant on doing movie theaters. So that is, and that is the target audience for this movie, I think, are Asian Americans. Well, so that is probably going to help or hurt the box office a little bit. But it is po- supposed to be apparently coming to streaming in like a month. That's um, what I was about to say. Oh, really? It's, it's so. a quicker, quicker home release. Um, yeah. Okay. The past, I think, just because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. So is it more people will watch it there? Is yeah. so when it is released on Disney Plus, is it going to be one of the premiere access? It's going to be like, one of the ones where you pay. Okay, I think is what I saw. Okay. Um, 
okay, I didn't know if they were going to just, you know, put it on there like they will eventually with the rest of the Marvel stuff um, or like add it to what's already on there as far as Marvel content is concerned or if they were going to make it a premier access thing. So, yeah, yeah, obviously we, I I think it's safe to say that we all really liked the movie and we want everyone to go see it, but be, be cautious, of course, because we're still in the pandemic, even though, the states that we live in do not recognize the pandemic. I don't anymore. think it exists here. Nope. Not no. Um, South baby. Corona what? <laughs> okay, wait, real quick. Do we want to do, we want to go down to a real quick uh, rating out of 10 for each of us? Sure. For Shang-Chi. Sure. 10, okay. okay. I, I would give it a seven out of 10. Okay. Seven. Okay. I think mine was, according to Letterboxd, it was a nine out of 10. Okay. Nice. Olivia. I don't remember what I gave it on Letterboxd, but I think, I'm gonna go seven and a half, nine or not nine, seven and a half, eight. Okay, yeah. Right. I was Walter. thinking about eight and a half. Yeah, nice. okay, I can't. And I was it, like on the top of the world. I was like, man, that was a ten out of ten movie. But obviously, that was you know, once I get the rose color glasses off, and obviously, I think this podcast also hearing y'all's opinions. I'm like, oh yeah, like that's true. You know, I think I've dropped to an eight and a half. Still, very much enjoyed it. Still, very recommend to see it in theaters. Yeah. See, I'm not big on the ratings because if it, if I enjoy a movie, I'm just gonna say I enjoyed the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. The rating system is interesting because you get into these finite details, and I think it's mm-hmm. it's a little little uh, over the top sometimes. I will say if people enjoy this movie i have recommendations of course you have to watch crouching tiger hidden dragon because michelle yo i watch that leading lady in that movie amazing stunts and action scenes on by here so crouching tiger hidden dragon and for tony lung if you want action i would recommend watching um probably hard boiled where he plays a villain in that movie as well okay. against chow young fat and it's one of the best hong kong action movies of all time Want drama of course watch in the movie for love Starring Tony Luke and Maggie Chung. Okay. Thanks for those wrecks. I definitely haven't seen Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon, but that's I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's a classic. Classic. Cool. Any final notes as before we wrap up and go our separate days this Labor Day? Yeah. Separate um, ways this Labor Day. Separate ways. <laughs> separate days. Yeah. Separate days. Um yeah, I just wanted to, uh, Isaac mentioned at the beginning, but uh, we will be uh, launching a YouTube channel where we will be putting up um, the video of each of these podcasts um, on there, as well as uh, some uh, film commentary with me and Isaac, uh, which we're really looking forward to. I think it'll be really cool. Is that like we, you are going to be commenting like all two hours of the movie? No. So, I mean, uh, well, okay. Because so- I've seen people do that. Yeah, so, I, and Isaac, you can correct me at any point uh, if I get any of this wrong, but I think starting out, we'd like to do um, maybe like a, I'm thinking like a 10 to 15 minute, uh, like a hyper cut of like, just like highlights and w- stuff. What we yeah. think is uh, like the highlights of our commentary of the movie. Obviously the movie will be on screen and then, you know, our, our audio commentary will be along with that. Um, and then at the end, we're going to try to do like a, a super quick, like two minute, like review, like of what we thought of the movie. And then uh, I'm thinking like long term, you know, if if it goes well, if we start to build an audience, maybe we can do uh, like launch a Patreon to where we put like full commentary tracks up there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. and some other things. So um, anybody listening, uh, we're going to be launching that. I think was that October we're launching that or we want to launch it earlier than that. October 9th. October 9th. Yes, we'll be launching Flyover After Dark, um, which I'm really excited about. So, um, With Halloween. that's uh, Have y'all seen Halloween? 
I not yet. Not. Oh, so that'll be so excited. Really interesting to listen in. Then. Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a really good time. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Cool. For that. Anybody else? I think that's it. Uh, Walter, Chunky, welcome to the team. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, welcome, welcome. It's good to have someone who doesn't like movies on the pod. Yeah, I actually really hate movies. I don't. <laughs> I hate bad movies, so I don't know if that's that's true. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do Suicide Squad. Oh no, no, we're gonna do New Mutants first. Dark Phoenix at one point <sighs> and see which one is worse. So I did uh, watch Dark Phoenix, and it was. I was going to say an expletive. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Safe to say it was not enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go do a bunch of house projects that I've been uh, procrastinating on and yep. feed the cat. If you watch the YouTube, you'll get to see my cat. So, yes. Actually, I did, maybe both. I think both of them. You brought up the cat so many times. I know. I was like, hold, <laughs> yeah. So, you'll get to see me literally hold the cat up to the camera if you're a cat. I think lover. it's Simba. So, yep. Yeah. So yeah, cool. All right, people. Um, that's it then. Thanks for uh, watching slash listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share this with anyone you know who enjoyed Shang Chi, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts in Spotify. That helps us out a lot. Mm-hmm. And let us know what you thought. Let us know if you disagreed or agreed or um, had an interesting take you would I love arguing like to people. share. Yeah, Eric loves arguing with our fans. <laughs> All right, well, signing off. Peace out. There you go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you hit, sorry. Ooh. I almost hit the stop. So again. close. I just, I just want to so say, close. even when the dark comes crashing through and when you need a friend to carry you <laughs> and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So let the sun come streaming in because you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift your head and look around because you will be found. You I know, will. Isaac. Thank you. I know Isaac is making fun of Dear Evan Hansen, but I oh, genuinely love that song. Yes. I genuinely love that song and the soundtrack. Waving through a window is so good. I don't care what anyone says. I am very excited about it. So I love re- I love like like starting a conversation like re- like saying the lyrics to a song without singing them, and then people are like, "What?" and they're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like. Yeah, that's how it's you one make of my favorite things. It. Yep. <laughs> Real well. <laughs> All right. You will be found. Peace out. Have a great Labor Day week. All right. See y'all.